it would be my own guided meditation, but I would set an intention. So I would turn on these frequencies and I would set the intention of, okay, whatever it is that I need to hear for today, please allow me to hear what I need. Whatever I need to say today, you know, please allow me to say it with love. And I would just kind of keep going through that. And the importance of that is the consistency of that. Like it's flexing a muscle. Like you can't just do it once and and think that it's going to kind of fix things. I really had to dedicate, you know, each morning to really sitting in the stillness within and really sitting in, in these emotions that I was feeling, because that's how I began to unlock what I needed to, to move forward. I'm Doug Bobst, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please, sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes, and today I have a special guest here. I'm here with my friend Angelica Grace, author of the new book, Gracefully. Uh, Angelica is also a hairstylist and psychic medium in Chicago. And I'm super excited to chat with her today about her journey. Um, I, was, I was just telling her, actually, uh, the amount of stuff that she has gone through um, in her life so far, it's amazing to see that she's still on two feet, uh, still helping people, and still has this, this smile about her to help people um, with a lot of the lessons she's learned. So... Angelica Jell, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So I want to get you, I want to get you warmed up a little bit. So I want to know what is your favorite thing to do outside of the spiritual realm? So outside of your love for spiritual growth and helping other people, like what what other hobbies do you like? I love to run long distance, actually. That's my favorite thing. It actually brings a sense of calm and peace to myself. So even though it's not, um, you know, like you said, like when you're in this self uh, developmental world and you kind of get in and, and to have those other creative outlets that you can really uh, kind of focus in on and, and use, um, I run and I would run every single day if I absolutely could. So uh, I love long, dis- long distance. I've done um, marathons, half marathons. Eventually, I would like to do some ultra, you know, runs. So we'll see. But love running. So have you always been into running or is it just something you just recently picked up on? Like, was it something that you've kind of did as a kid or was it just something you kind of picked up, may have started like a little bit later? You know, I used to hate running when I was a child. I, I never did it. I was always active. I did softball, cheerleading basketball, everything like that. But there was, uh, I think once I started to realize like the benefits of the clarity that I felt from running, it was almost like an, I don't want to say an addiction, but it was pretty close to it because it really, um, lit me up in a way that I had never experienced before. So I would say it was probably right around the time that my mom had passed away when I was really trying to uh, focus in on a healthy way to kind of move energy. Um, that's when I began to really start to run. So I would say the past decade. Awesome. Yeah. I think running is one of those things that's very soothing and can be actually very healing. I know for me, it was definitely that like when I was in jail, 
Um, that was something that really helped change my mindset, change everything. Cause not only was it the physical benefits, but you are able to like ease your mind. Like, I don't know about you when you go on like long runs for me, it's almost like a moving meditation, if you will, because I will take like a, like as a matter of fact, later on today, I'll probably take a 45 minute light, light jog, like grandma speed. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I'll be able to like, just gather some thoughts and, you know, listen to a podcast, listen to a book. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that kind of similar for you as well? I mean, or do you actually yes. like like the physicality, like the endorphin rush? I'm, I'm sure too, right? Yeah, it absolutely depends on the mood. Sometimes like you're saying, especially recently, I think really focusing in on like uh, feeding your brain with like that positive uh, reinforcement, like a, a uplifting podcast. And when the sun is shining and you go out to jog and, and you don't even time it, you don't look at your speed. You don't look at, it's just you enjoying like the rhythm of like your feet hitting the pavement, your arms moving, the energy moving, and just the clarity that really kind of takes over. It's the best feeling ever. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, there's no better feeling I think than when you get done like a nice long round that you've been that you've been not putting, I don't want to say putting off, but I just know there's some days I'm like, man, I need to get outside, go for a run. It's 65 and sunny. I don't want to waste a day. Um, one of the things that's really infatuating to me about your story is there's so many different facets of it, right? Um, obviously you went through a lot when you were growing up, including, you know, abuse, um, the death of your mom and, you know, getting divorced and then unpacking all of that stuff. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So like, now you're in this massive place of darkness, I'm sure, right? You're 30 years old. You know, you're, you just got handed um, the news that um, your husband's filing for divorce. Um, all kinds of trauma, I'm sure, is, is setting in from your memories as a child and, you know, your mom passing. So very dark place. And now you're, you're really passionate about helping bring others to light and you're in self-love and walk me through like, like a, like in a, in a, in a nutshell, how did you get from that place of you're 30 years old, you're handed divorce papers pretty much to where you are now really being a light to other people? So I would say, um, with, within those, you know, few months or, or year from, you know, the, the divorce to kind of bringing me up to where I am now, I think the, the major shift that really took over was my mindset shift and me truly 100% dedicating every ounce of myself back to myself for the first time in my life. So instead of me giving my power away or instead of me ignoring, you know, the, what was going on internally, I, I would always focus on other people and I would people please because I craved this attention and this acceptance but I, I couldn't even accept myself or really look at myself. So I think the most important part of this was really dedicating and setting boundaries, like healthy boundaries, which I never knew existed, and setting the boundaries and really putting myself first for the first time in my life. That was the major shift within my life. And, and it was like, you know how it goes. It's like that ripple effect of like, when you truly begin to understand and actually apply the tools that you're learning, like the meditation and the journaling and, and the self-work, uh, it just kind of ripple effects and really just takes over and just kind of clicks into place. And I think that that's exactly what started to happen for me. Yeah. Was it like something that 
you know, there's a lot to unpack there, including like the people pleasing. And I think the one thing you bring up that's really interesting is you were always looking for something outside of you to fill yourself inside, right? And right. now it's kind of the opposite, right? You're so <laughs> in tune and self-aware of who you are on the inside and always working on that, that you're able to give so much more to the outside. So, you know, it started, I heard you, I heard you say it started with meditation for you, right? And Absolutely. then it was there specific type of meditation. Was it uh, transcendental? Was it just like you turned on like a random Jason Stevenson video? Like what was it that kind of gets you going? Yeah. So I started doing meditations where, where I was, um, I would turn on the frequencies, like the love frequency or the forgiveness frequency. And I would actually sit in meditation and I would start with five minutes, 10 minutes, 20, 30, 40, 50. And the more that I was continuing to just, it would be my own guided meditation, but I would set an intention. So I would turn on these frequencies and I would set the intention of, okay, whatever it is that I need to hear for today, please allow me to hear what I need. Whatever I need to say today, you know, please allow me to say it with love. And I would just kind of keep going through that. And the importance of that is the consistency of that. Like it's flexing a muscle. Like you can't just do it once and and think that it's going to kind of fix things. I really had to dedicate, you know, each morning to really sitting in the stillness within and really sitting in, in these emotions that I was feeling, because that's how I began to unlock what I needed to, to move forward. Yeah, you're right. I think the one thing you said there that really kind of hits home, and I think people need to hear is being able to sit within that pain and sit with the emotions, which is something med the practice of meditation helps to teach you, right, is being still, uh, being self-aware like, and also being like in tune with like what's coming in and out of your mind. Right. So you're, you're, you're meditating, you're getting into meditation. Mm -hmm. And then from there, did you just start to like realize like, wow, like there's so much other than this divorce that I have to unpack that I haven't even thought about, or I thought kind of went away. Like walk me through what happened when you started realizing your thoughts and like some of the things you started to, to uncover about your past. Sure. So it, so right before my ex-husband had asked for the divorce, I was actually approaching, uh, I had finally built up enough courage. I had realized that, um, this abuse was actually never talked about. So the people that I thought knew about this happening actually had no idea what I was talking about. So I would say, and this is the, the beauty of timing and, uh, you know, divine timing, but I was about to approach my abuser and confront this person. And a week later is when my ex-husband had asked for a divorce. So I actually had never, I was never able to approach him. So I remember, you know, like you said, I, I had measured my life by all these external things. I had the big house. I had the nice cars. I had the designer purses, the, the shoes. I had all these things. And, and inside I, I had nothing. I was so empty. And I remember after he had asked for the divorce, I remember laying in bed and it was after maybe a month, month and a half. I was in bed for probably like four to six weeks. And I remember thinking in my mind, and this is where we talk about like those, um, like the belief systems and that internal dialogue and chatter. And I remember as a coping mechanism, and this is where my awareness started to really kick in. Uh, so this is really at like the bottom of bottom, you know, and 
I, it started to kick in and I was like, you know, it would just be so much easier if this, you know, man would come in on this white horse and he would come and save me and he'd have money and he'd be beautiful and he would, you know, make me feel better and I wouldn't feel this. And, and then I paused and I was like, wait a minute, I can be that to myself for the first time in my life. And from then on, I had turned on like a big person that helped me through this was James Wedmore. I know I talk about him all the time, but he has that podcast where he really dives into spirituality and he, like his podcast had created space for me to really understand myself on such a deeper level. So it was a tool that I had used along with the meditation. And that's when I began to really shift what I was telling myself and really instead of just kind of sinking back into the darkness, like it's really easy to just stay in bed when, when stuff hurts. I really had to pull myself out of it and realize that if I wanted to feel that stability and if I wanted to feel like that love and compassion, I would have to show that to myself first. So I was like, I'm like, I, I am going to be the person to save myself. And right then and there, that was like, that was all I needed. That was it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. I think you 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 brought up some some things that that a lot of people kind of miss, and that is that people can save them, and that things can save them. Whether it's a car, whether it's a house, whether it's you know a new body, like all that stuff can be taken away in the in a matter of minutes, right? You can you get injured, and then all of a sudden you might be like bedridden for the rest of your life, or you could you know the economy could collapse like it is right as we're speaking right now, and you know your job you lose your job and you're not able to afford some of the things you were buying, and I think when you said like you're able to look within, then that cup that cup inside of you is infinite, right? One hundred percent, and it never really runs out because you have that self love of who you are, and what you're about, what you stand for, your values. And then outside of that is where you attract the people, the right people come into your life. So you talk a lot about self-love in your book, right? <laughs> yes. And you talk about some steps on how you, that you've taken to go from the darkness to the light. And I know self-love is obviously a big part. What does self-love mean to you? And what are a couple of things you do on a daily basis to practice it? Sure. So self-love to me is, um, accepting every single part of myself and every single decision I've ever made, whether it was good, bad, ugly, beautiful, whatever it was. I think what I struggled with for a really long time was self-shame and self-blame for decisions that I made that brought in more darkness, right? Like I wasn't honoring myself. I was taken advantage of again. I quit my job because, you know, I, I was so low and I felt you know, something I needed to grasp at something else to make me happier. And when I started to turn inward and really accept all these parts of myself, I was able to see clearer and I was able to calm down and I had a new sense of serenity. So self-love to me, again, boundaries and setting healthy boundaries, but also honoring them within yourself. So I love to do like morning affirmations. I actually keep them posted on my mirrors all over just as a good reminder to accept myself and love myself. Um, a lot of the meditation comes in with that as well. And, and I realize a lot of my self-love is actually, you know, all these things, the meditation, the yoga, the, the keeping, staying in alignment really fills up my cup. But I think a large part of having this self-love is actually giving that to other people as well. It's helping them see that power within themselves so they can 
like to see that light turn on in someone else's mind, it just, it just reminds me how important it is to speak your truth and to be exactly who you are. So I try to do as much as I can for other people as well as focusing on in on what I need as well. Yeah. And self-love, I believe is like the new skinny, right? Like I think, because <laughs> if you think about like, there's all these things we're seeing, it's, you know, you got to be strong. You got to look good. You got to do this. But if you don't have the love and compassion for yourself inside, then those other things don't matter, right? So mm-hmm. you know, speaking your truth and, and building yourself up enough so you can share the light to other people is something that is so rewarding. I mean, and, and you wrote your book and you and I have had these conversations before um, about like how you were able to take that darkness and, and, and give some light to it was what kind of like therapeutic feeling did it have from getting your message out there, getting the story out there and maybe the responses you have gotten from some of the readers? Sure. So um, at first, and I don't know if you ever experienced this, but right after, you know, I had all this strength and, and I, all of this build up and, and I was like, I'm releasing the book. It's this beautiful book and released it. And for a week, I think I like cried on my bedroom floor. <laughs> I was so terrified. It was like, that that old belief system that my ego that you know that I had taken on as a coping mechanism really had stepped forward because I was taking such a big risk and once I again kind of talked to myself down and kind of moved through it I looked at it I understood why it was happening I I showed gratitude to it um once people started to read the book and I started to get the feedback and and I had said in my mind like the 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 whole point behind this book, I'm like, if I can affect and change one person and if, and if I can influence them in a positive and loving way for them to accept themselves and love themselves, then I did my job. Cause that was all I really wanted to do with it. And then I had all these people reaching out to me and some were in tears. Some had highlighted the book. Someone had to go get coffee people were telling me how powerful that message is and was to them and how important it is to continue to kind of give that out. So again, it was that reassurance that, um, that I was speaking my truth and I was on the right path. And, and I'm grateful for that. And, and again, it comes with that, you know, giving and taking because to speak your minds, like to always compliment someone else and to always say, you know, like you, Doug, like you're so influential and so important and your story is so important to other people. It's like, thank you for doing that and creating space for people. It's the same thing to hear it on my end was just the best thing, best thing ever to hear. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way too. I, as far as like, I felt that way. Like when you put a book out there, you put your message out there and you just cry and you're like, man, I can't <laughs> believe I just put this, this, this message out there. I'm getting an email saying, congratulations, you're an author. You've been published. And then all of a sudden these thoughts are going through your mind. Like, are people going to read it? What are people going to say? Or is, is anybody going to hate me for it? And all these like, self-sabotaging beliefs that we put through our mind, right? And then what ends up happening is, right, everything ends up be, being okay. And then people start reaching out to us like they have you and myself and telling us how much the book has inspired them or given them hope or positivity. Right. And then that's like, a, it fills us up in a different way because we know we're, we're, we know our, our, our pain is serving a purpose. And I think that's where a lot of healing comes in is when you know that the pain you've endured and what you've went through 
like serves a purpose to be a light to somebody else. Right. And that's where I think a lot of positive change can happen. So with your book, obviously it's had a, it's had a major impact on people and it's given you a new kind of platform to be able to share your message. And I know like one of the things that you're extremely passionate about too, is uh, your spiritual growth. Right. And how, so you started with meditation today, you're a psychic medium. How, (laughs) right. How has it evolved from meditation to where you are now? Sure. So, um, and, and I think this, the spirituality, you know, just as self-healing and all these things, it's a lifelong experience, you know, and, and sometimes even now where my mediumship is at and, and my psychic abilities are at, even looking back to like a month or two months ago, it has shifted and excelled and, 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 grown so much stronger. I can't even imagine where it's going to be, you know, in years. Um, but I think once I kept meditating and, and sitting in stillness and really working on all of the things that I could to really, uh, reprogram that subconscious mind. Cause again, you know, for, for 24 years after this abuse, I really took on this story that I was now trying to unfold and trying to reprogram. And that takes time. And it's important to be gentle with yourself and to understand that even if you catch yourself, you know, referring back to a limiting belief or, you know, maybe negative self-talk or whatever it is, have grace with yourself because you're, you're unraveling a story that you've been telling yourself for, for years. So I, I was trying to be as gentle with myself as I could, but the more that I was getting in touch with that inner stillness and, and healing and, and really uh, being a light to other people, um, the more that my meditations were then deepening. And throughout all this healing process, there was a stage where I really became kind of a hermit, where I was really just, I was zeroed in. It was when I was writing my book. I really was reflecting inward. I, I stayed in um, and I just really dedicated every ounce of, of my time and myself to this book and to this stage in my life. And that's when the mediumship and the abilities really began to unfold because I was working through this healing and I was releasing this anger and this hate and this resentment. And I was transforming that into love, understanding and compassion. And because of that, I, I fell into a deeper realm of spirituality and that's when the mediumship started to really take form. So I'm, I'm very excited to see where it, where it kind of goes from here. But, um, even now just really stepping into this version of myself and really honoring these gifts and, and not being afraid to really step into, you know, quote unquote, the title of a psychic medium, um, the healing that I'm now able to provide to people you know, again, it's another tool in my toolbox. I can help them heal on such a a deeper level now. So I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. And I think, gosh, there's, there's so much for you to be proud of with where your story has started to where you are now. And even like your own spiritual journey, because, you know, you've continued to just take one step at a time, like up the ladder of spirituality. Right. So when it comes to, you know, there's some differences, right. Between, I mean, I know it's all part of everything, but there's some differences between meditation and things like energy work and being a medium and uh, reading people. Like, wh- Walk me through what the difference between each of those is so that the listeners can gain a better understanding. So when they see things like someone's a psychic medium or they see someone's an energy worker, 
that they're able to understand more what that means and how it can help them. Sure. So meditation to me, and, and I love that you brought this up because this has been uh, more of a reflection lately for myself, because what I was realizing that I've been doing lately was I was um, more opening up my energy systems and connecting with spirit as my meditation. Whereas I think it's important to almost keep those separate. So meditation to me should be that inner reflection, that stillness, the quieting of the mind and, and really gaining that clarity and the serenity and peace that can help you set up your day for success. Basically it's you getting in touch with your inner self. When I switched over and I understood, you know, for a long time, I didn't realize that I was actually a medium or psychic. I didn't know how to turn it on and off is what I'm trying to say. So once I worked in these developmental classes and began to really hone in on, on this, uh, this experience, um, I realized that when I, when I tuned in and really opened up my energy systems and set an intention to communicate um, and really learned how to do that, that's where it became a little bit more clear. So then that's when people would step forward and I would know that it was, you know, Joe Schmo's grandmother. And, that, and then I would be able to get that loving message to give to him. So again, I think it, it's bringing it back to your intention when you're quieting yourself. It's just to always set an intention and be clear with what you want to get out of that meditation or that experience. That kind of helps direct spirit and kind of helps direct your inner self to know what to receive at that time, if that makes sense. I hope so. Yeah, I mean... I think at the end of the day, um, the best thing that people can do is, uh, you know, learn more to gain understanding, right? And that's what I've tried to do, even in my own spiritual journey. I mean, I'd be, I'll be the first to say that a lot of it has never, never really, I never really understood a lot of it, right? And I think, I never thought that anything was like wrong. I just was like, I never understood it, right? So it was hard for, for as somebody who's like super, pre like, logis like logistical, yeah, right? Brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, I have to like, be like, okay, how does a plus B equals C, right? <laughs> yes. And I think it's interesting for you to share how that is that it just starts. All it is, is you're trying to help people. That's the main focus of this. It's not Absolutely. that you're looking to do anything that's self-serving. It's not like you're trying to scare people. It's really about love and helping others. Right. So I don't care who you are or what modality of spirituality, religion. I think there's always a place for, for everything. And I think the way you explain that is, is, is good because you're getting messages from people that are trying to help people. Like I know when we, we had our conversation the one day at lunch, you're like, I'm getting this message from so-and-so and it's telling you this, it's telling you that, it's telling you this. It wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like in a braggadocious way or an arrogant way. You were like, no, I'm getting this message to help you. And so, you know, with that, like, what does that entail? Are you looking to kind of turn this into some sort of business for yourself that you're able to really like establish some sort of coaching program um, to kind of help other people use the, the lessons that you've learned to kind of help others kind of understand themselves better? Yeah. So, so my intention and my vision for, my life right now is to always just be a clear and loving channel or vessel for, you know, the universe loved ones to always communicate through. So I can just always, uh, serve in that, that way that it's, it's helping people to lift them back up. 
And I think as far as with the medium and the psychic, you know, I feel like this for the first time in my life, I feel like this is my true self really shining through. But I also do feel like there's so many other tools in the toolbox. So as far as business side, I, I like to use this with my coaching clients, like as a part of how I can interpret their pain, how I can understand their darkness and how they are interpreting it in themselves. So I can start to, you know, energetically then, and, and by a feeling and, and by messages, I can understand people on, on such a deeper level. And of course it, it's only people that are open to that. I would never force this upon anyone. I always say like, if you feel pulled or drawn towards this, then it might be a nudge for you to kind of take a look at it. Um, but as far as the business side, I, I almost use this just as me to understand my clients on a deeper level to help serve them in a stronger way than, than I was, you know, maybe even a year ago. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head with the fact that you're not pushing anything on anybody else. You're just simply trying to help other people, which I think is the biggest problem with religion, right? Or any form, anything really that when you try to push something on somebody and saying, this is my way, if you don't do it like this, then, you know, people are going to be turned off by that. They feel something's jammed down their throat. Um, Did you ever have experience like with, were you ever like, did you grow up like religious? Would you go to church? Like, did you, is that part of your, your like growing up? I did. I grew up Catholic. I actually went to Catholic school growing up. And wow. it's so interesting because um, I I had these abilities when I was younger. Like I would see stuff. I knew stuff. I could feel stuff. And, and I was really told as a child, again, you're really heavily influenced, you know, by, by who's around you and the energy that's around you and your experiences. And I was really told to just kind of stop talking and just to, uh, that I was, kind of crazy and that that none of this was real and my parents at least my mom you know she was a, a traditional italian woman you know catholic woman so um i grew up in that religion and when she had passed away you know a lot of things change when people pass on it brings up a lot in in people and the way that i perceived it and took it on it almost I finally began to ask myself questions. Then I started looking into Buddhism. Then I was looking into, you know, the Kabbalah. Then I was looking into, you know, more into um, Catholic and, and all these things, just trying to piece together what resonated with me and what made sense. And the only thing that was really making sense to me was how I was feeling. It was just my experiences. And that to me is what spirituality feels to me. It's not something that someone else is telling you. It's what feels your personal experiences and what feels right to you. Yeah, because the common theme I've heard from a lot of the people who I've interviewed um, in the spiritual realm is that we're spirit, we're uh, you know spiritual beings having a human experience. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's all about the experience we're having, the lessons we've learned um, about life. So I kind of wanted to ask you, like. Because what would you say, like looking back out of all the shit you've been through? So you've obviously been sexually abused, emotionally abused, physically, all that stuff. And then you've mm-hmm. also gone through a divorce. Um, you had your, your mom pass away and even all the, the, P, the PTSD the that comes with right. all that, right? Mm-hmm. Afterwards, what would you say like the, some of the, like the top like three lessons you learned through going all that are, going through all that are? Hmm, that's a good question. 
One major lesson I learned was that, you know, as, as a child, when we talk about how the brain is developing and our, and our processing system and how, you know, ages zero to seven, how we just take on and we can't really process it out. We just take it on as a part of who we are. And the older that I got, I was still using that belief system and that those coping mechanisms to still live my life at like a 23-year-old or 24-year-old. So I think something that I really learned was that the change starts with me. It's not, I can't find it anywhere. I can't, you know, I, I can't ask someone to do it for me. Uh, the change all starts within. So again, I bringing it back to that belief system and really taking a look at what your fears are telling you and what your triggers are telling you. And I think another experience or another lesson is to really um, not only love yourself, but to really be open and loving to other people. You know, I, I love my mom unconditionally. I still, this, to this day, I have not met anyone where I have had that type of bond and relationship with her. Absolutely. And I think that it's important that if you feel that with someone and if you're lucky enough to experience that, to always vocalize that and also show it in a way that you feel like you can, um, because that, that's like the beauty of this life. That's what life is. Um, and another one is, is to understand, and this is what I want to help people feel and experience is, is to help them understand the power that they have inside of themselves. We all have it. We all have the same amount. There's no more or less than, but when you tap into that internal power, you can truly create and consciously create and have the life, the exact life that you could ever imagine. So I think to really just understand um, your power that you have and that it starts with yourself. It's huge. Yeah. The whole self-empowerment thing is, is big, right? And being able to change from the inside out is something that is like a staple, right? Anybody's healing journey is to really look within themselves and say, okay, like what, what's going on inside of here? Where's this coming from? Where's the root? Cause you know, most people I would say, I mean, the, the most everyday people I would say that that don't do the work that don't work on themselves that don't look back. It's like a tree. And you know, I'm looking outside a tree right now that they would just see this big tree of problems and then just pick at the leaves, right? They would just pick the leaves, like push the problem away, pick the leaves. Instead of like digging that tree up and getting to the actual root of the tree and digging the whole thing up. So the last question I kind of want to ask you um, is a bit more, it might be a little bit more introspective, a little bit more positive. Mm -hmm. Imagine you're talking to this, I want to say that maybe you're, maybe you're like 15 years old, right? 15, 16 mm -hmm. years old and you're talking to, to young Angelica what kind of, what are you saying to her right now? Like, as far as like where she's at, like, are you proud of her? Are you encouraging her? Like, what are you saying to her? I love that you brought this up because this is actually <laughs> the next book that I'm working on. So thank oh. you for this. <laughs> um, I, I would stress as strongly as I could in the most loving way, the importance of her voice, her unique voice her unique perspective of her life and herself and the importance of her being truly and deeply exactly who she is, including all of the gifts that she has, including, you know, her personalities, her strengths, her weaknesses, that all these things combined together is making this unique, beautiful person. And there's a reason for everything. So to, 
to honor exactly who you are and to be exactly who you are and know the importance of that to other people. I mean, if you think about other people that you look up to, I always use Gabby Bernstein as an example because I love her and she overcame addiction and she really stepped into who she was. Imagine if she didn't step into that power and be exactly who she was. Look at how much light she spreads to people. So it's like, even if you think you're not important, you are, and you're vital to this world. And if you weren't a major piece of this puzzle, you, you just wouldn't be here. So there's a reason you're here. Amazing. And I think there's a lot, a lot that you said there that can resonate with anybody, whether you're, you're, you're a male or female, like whatever it is, because you're, you're going through stuff and have gone through stuff that everyday people go through. And what you've done, which is amazing, is taking those lessons, taking that pain and turn it into inspiration to keep not only yourself going and moving forward, but the people around you. I know you're a light to so many people. So I really want to thank you for coming on. Um, is there anything you want to share with the audience? Like where, so people can find you on Instagram. You're at Angelica Grace, right? Yeah. Angelica Grace. And then the letter C is at the end of Okay. Grace. And the letter C. And do you have anything like your book? Obviously I'll put the link to the book in the show notes. Um, if, if you know, and if you have anything else you want me to give to the listeners, just, you know, feel free to, to share right now. Yeah, there. So I do have a blog and that is where my coaching information is, uh, mediumship and psychic. That's where like you can find everything you need, the book, everything. It's um, Angelica's Path to Fulfillment.com. And I can send that to you too if you want to link everything up, but you can really find everything that you would need uh, on that website. Great. Well, once again, thank you so much for coming on. And for those listening, just really take note of her story here because um, there's a lot of people not there's anything wrong with this, that would have gone through what she went through and kind of put their face in the sand and kind of given up, not done the work to dig deep and, um, and create something special out of it. And I think this is a tale of somebody who just never has never given up despite, you know, all the stuff she endeavored when she was a kid to an adult to now dealing with a lot of the aftermath of that in sharing her story. She continues to be a positive light, very human and real. So um, once again, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we will see you next time.